Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, the Purpose Tune Podcast. My name is Kong Shang, and I am the host of this podcast. The goal of this show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge and inspire you to act, get you in the right mindset so you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Today's episode guest is Rob Dubay. Rob is the co-founder, owner, and board chair of Image One. Image One has been recognized as a top 25 small businesses in America on the list of Forbes Small Giants, um, which is an Inc. Magazine best places to work. Mm -hmm. Rob is the visionary and CEO of the 10 Disciplines for Managing and Maximizing Your Energy, a video-based journey that teaches people 10 fast, simple, powerful, and fully customizable disciplines to manage and maximize your energy to achieve an optimal life. In addition, he's also the author and best-selling book uh, of Do Nothing, which is the most rewarding leadership challenge that you'll ever take um, in your entrepreneurial journey. Rob, let's check in. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Kong? Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you taking time out to have me on your show. Thank you. And likewise, I when I connected with the, uh, our mutual connection, uh, Gino, um, he was like, yeah, you, you got to talk to Rob. Like he is the man for this. And um, of course, I wanted to, you know, gather just your perspective on your entrepreneurial journey um, before we dive a little deeper into your experiences. How did you uh, get into this work? Well, how did I get into the work I'm doing now with the 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing your energy? That and also your, your, the entrepreneurial, uh, lifestyle. You know, entrepreneurial world. Okay. That, yeah. Let me go to, let me start there. So, um, when I was in high school, my best friend and I started selling blow pop lollipops out of our locker. We'd buy them from a nickel, buy them for a nickel, resell them for a quarter. And that's when the entrepreneurial bug definitely hit the two of us. We had all kinds of entrepreneurial businesses all through high school and college. When we graduated college. We started a business called Image One, and we ran that for 30 years until we put a succession plan in place where uh, we have somebody who's running, who's a C who our CEO now. So the two of us remain the uh, shareholders and, um, and we have somebody who runs it. Uh, we had the good fortune to actually sell the business in 2004 to a public company. And uh, through dumb luck, we were able to buy it back 18 months later in 2006. And that's where we put a huge, huge focus on our culture and really taking it to a whole nother level, very much purposeful and people first, pragmatic. And of course, profit is an important part of any business. And so, you know, we started incorporating a thousand and one little things you know, that added up to a lot over a period of time. And there was some nice um, recognition that we've received. You mentioned a couple of those things. And uh, and so I learned a lot about running a business, growing a business, starting it from scratch. Uh, I learned a lot about entrepreneurs over those many years because I'd hang out with them and we'd share stories. I was in peer groups. I still am in some. And, uh, and so that's how I kind of moved into the work that I'm doing today with my business partner, Gino Wickman, as you mentioned, uh, we have two ventures. One is the 10 disciplines for managing and maximizing your energy, where we help entrepreneurs who have mastered their outer world work on mastering their inner world. Mm -hmm. And then we help, um, startup to small, uh, uh, small business entrepreneurs, uh, through eLeap Academy, our eLeap Academy. And that's where we kind of teach them some of the very important uh, foundational tools that are needed to make sure your business is in the right position to, to grow and scale. And so um, hopefully that's a, a good sense of what's going on, how I got here. 
Yeah, that's that's incredible. And thank you for sharing your your journey. Um, you know, of course, back 20, 30 years ago, um, you know, entrepreneurship was in a hot trend. Now it's like uh, leaving their their corporate jobs and wanting to start their own business because of course right. technology has evolved. What's your take on the mindsets that have um uh shifted from an entrepreneur back in the 1990s to today? Yeah. The mindset. Well, I mean, I think people are more uh willing to take risks because they've seen, you know, through uh, the media and some of the famous entrepreneurs who are like movie stars today, um, right. you know, they've seen their great success. And so I'm sure if you and I took a minute and wrote down five people's names that are the most well-known, we'd have at least three of the same names. <laughs> so, you know, these entrepreneurs who have had great success are literally like what movie stars were 30 years ago. So I think people are willing to, you know, as I mentioned before, take more risk. It's concerning um, because entrepreneurship is is a very challenging journey in so many ways. And there's so much that has to come together. It's one of the things we do with our eLeap Academy. Believe it or not, we actually try to discourage people from moving forward because as you, I'm sure many of you, you or many of your listeners know, a vast majority of businesses that start actually fail. And that's because we get so excited about our idea and we don't know how to run a business. We don't know how to execute on it. We don't know if the market really wants it. And we just believe we think it's great. And so we jump in and, um, and that's why so many fail. So um, that said, I love entrepreneurship and I think it's the greatest thing that this world has because what entrepreneurship does is it does allow somebody to take their creativity and turn it hopefully into something useful for the world. It could be a product or a service. And at the same time, help people within an organization as it's growing, have uh, be able to uh, make a living and drive the economies of the world. And if you are conscious about what you're doing, we call it conscious visionaries, if you're conscious about what you're doing, you can provide your employees with a really unique experience. So it's not just about them getting a paycheck, but it's about them having a really unique and wonderful life and having a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And as entrepreneurs, we can decide if we wanna create that kind of culture. I believe that's a great kind of culture to create, but other entrepreneurs don't. They're just maybe out for the payday. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That's part of, that's part of it too. You risk a lot, you know, you're making a big gamble and you could lose your life savings. Mm -hmm. So you deserve every dollar above that, that you get, you know, through the risk that you're taking, because it is a huge risk. Um, so I don't remember what your question was, but somewhere along the line, I hope I answered it. <laughs> no, I mean, what's the answer or not? That was a beautiful uh, response. Okay, <laughs> I good. actually forgot about my, my question because I was so involved in your response. There's okay, so much cool. value that came out of what you just said. And I want to uh, dive a little deeper into, um, you know, the notion of whether, uh, you know, employees should have a side hustle or not as they're working for corporate America. What's your take mm. on that? I think you kind of oh, like that's a good question. Gave, gave like a little hint there, but do you recommend, um, you know, corporate leaders, you know, business executives to encourage their employees to take on, you know, meaningful um, work outside of their actual work or not? What's your... Mm. What does meaningful mean to you? Gee, that's a great question. <laughs> I should be asking you. I'm the host. <laughs> okay, sure. But, no, I'll, but, I'll, uh, but but that's fair. I mean, I, you know, of course, this the this conversation should be engaging. Um, so I think for me, meaningful work is um, work that that uplifts people's spirits, souls, mm, that inspires mm. them to be better human beings. Um, oh yeah. Be, like for example, this podcasting. Like my company. 
you know, encourages me to continue providing thought leadership content through this podcast, because that's a wonderful way to um, educate people on the topic of purpose and meaning in, in, in entrepreneurship and leadership, right? It ties into Yeah, me. yeah. So I guess, um, you know, in short, meaningful work, work that involves uh, lifting people into better versions of themselves. Yeah, that's an easy answer for me. 110% yes. Anytime we can lift others up in the world, be purposeful. I, I don't know how anyone could say no to that. That's fantastic. And I give you a lot of credit for doing it. Um, because it comes from the heart and, you know, it's genuine care that you're providing to people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm all for that. I'm all for it. Yeah. hundred percent. That's wonderful. I, 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 and I, I'm in alignment with you as well too, because obviously we've had, I mean, for me, at least I've had a number of positions I've been in the past where I just didn't really fully enjoy my work. I knew there was something more for me. And so yeah. by tapping into another space, um, such as a side hustle or just like a hobby or an right. interest really engages me to be more, um, you know, I, I find myself as a, a greater value to my company when I'm able to yeah. tap into other other areas of work or hobbies or interests outside of my day-to-day -day job. And, and so, you are. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, one of the things that um, I've seen some companies start doing is offering, for example, yoga classes during lunchtime where employees can, you know, take a class and just kind of move their body and just be more in tune with their, you know, with, with themselves um, and it gets the blood flowing, you know, it has a bi body mind connection and all of that is very beneficial because at the end of the day, it's all about maximizing employees, um, productivity. Right. And so it looks like you have some. Yeah. yeah, I know. I mean, everything you're saying is wonderful. You know, one of the things like what you're doing with the podcast called a side, a side thing or, you know, whatever, but it's, it's a really a gift that I think we could give to each other in the sense that as an employer, if you can allow your um, employees the freedom to spread their wings and be creative and let their creative, their creativity spark, they can make true impact in this world in many ways. And, and the employee benefits from that because they feel fulfillment mm -hmm. and the employer benefits from that because they're how they have people who feel fulfillment. And then when you bring it all together, it's, there's an interconnectedness about it in that we're just all humans having a human experience together. So it isn't about the employer, you know, having these, these, uh, you're here as an employee to make us money. You know, we all have jobs to do. And we have to do those well and efficiently and be accountable and all the things that go along with that, including the people running the company. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so we're, we're only as good as our weakest link. Mm -hmm. And so when we can all be lifting people up and we're doing this together, maybe in our own creative ways, it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. And then as far as companies providing resources for people to be more mindful, to do things like yoga, to spend time during their day and as you say, move their bodies. If they're sitting at desks all day or wherever's going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's, again, part of the human experience. The question I would have is why wouldn't we do that? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I would love if it was just baked into every culture, like it was expected. Mm -hmm. When I say culture, the company culture is like, yeah, all companies do, you know, like a lot of companies have, meetings, mm -hmm. but you right. just expect meetings. How about just expecting uh, time for body movement? It doesn't have to be yoga either. I mean, there's all kinds of body movements that you, you can do that are, that are um, really mindful and, and, and get your blood flow going and a little bit of your endorphins going. And, and so, you know, things of that nature, mm -hmm. I feel that's when the employee employer relationship can really come together in a holistic way. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just the way it should be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another thought that comes to my mind in terms of the employee-employer relationship that 
at the company that I founded, Image One. We created a policy a number of years ago, which we call Mindful Transitions. Mm -hmm. And what we realized was that when people either want to leave the company for various reasons, or if they need to be asked to leave the company, i.e. be fired because mm -hmm. they're not doing their job or they don't get it, want it, or have the capacity to do it. They're, they're not in alignment with the values, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. It became an inhuman experience. <clears throat> so a typical experience would an employee would be dissatisfied. They would go look for a job. They'd find a job. Then they would come in and give their two weeks notice Mm -hmm. And the supervisor or the manager, or whatever, would be kind of thrown off. Like, what happened? I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Conversely, if somebody was not performing their job and if they were being ethical, if they're stealing or something, that's another story. But if they're, if they're, if they're um, not meeting the standards of what their job requires and they've been given fair chance to meet those standards, a manager calls them in and says, I'm sorry, we need to terminate you. Here's the box, take your stuff and leave, you know, in the old days when people were in their offices, but you, you get right. it, just the visual. Yeah. And that just, the whole thing felt so inhumane to us. Mm -hmm. Didn't make sense to me. Well, you I know, mean, like, you would have to carry, pack up your boxes. Yeah. And people will watch you and then you would all, you know, I've, yeah. I've seen it like over and over again, like uh, early in my career and people would just walk with their boxes that, you know, like that person would have to go through you know, the walk of shame just to, you know, yeah. get through that hall and out. And that was just so humiliating. It, and you can't say bye to your friend. You work with people, you're friends with them. They're, yeah. they're friends with you. If you're not doing your job as well, that they're not so concerned with that. They just, they just like you. You go have a beer with them after work or whatever you do, mm -hmm. you know, and you're right. It, it's inhumane. So, you know, what we, what we did is we create a policy and it took a lot of education over a number of years and that's where we say, don't, there's, there's no two week notice and there's no, you're terminated, you're gone, unless there's an ethical issue. What we do is we come together as early as possible and we state the problem and we talk about how we can get through it together. So in other words, if you aren't working out at, at, at Image One, the company that I founded, um, we, we call you and say, okay, look, we've, we've gone through this, we've given fair, you know, consideration to it's not working out we've determined that you might not agree and that's cool no problem we can agree to disagree on that but what we're going to do is we're going to do a mindful transition with you so we're going to help you uh get back out in the marketplace and find a happier place a place where you can really thrive that might take three months it might take six months it might take 12 months i don't know and we'll we'll set a time frame together and we'll work on it together we try to open up doors we try to help coach them on different ways of, um, you know, getting out there in the marketplace and, and marketing themselves and finding them the right kind of place, really, really spending time coaching on, on it with them. Conversely, you know, if somebody has reached their ceiling and they feel like they have more to grow and we can't, there's nothing, there's nowhere for them to go in our organization to grow, or maybe they're just not happy anymore, whatever the case might be, same thing come in, say, it's not working for me anymore. I'd like to do a mindful transition. I'd like to look for a job. Give me some time to do it, et cetera, et cetera. And so again, we just create a runway, three, six, nine, 12 months. And we kind of reset at each one of the, um, at each one of those points. Where are we at? How are you doing? Are you, are you, you know, getting out there, marketing yourself or doing all the right things to make something happen? Assuming they are, you know, then, we're on board. We'll keep it going that way. No one's thrown out on the street. No, you know, the team still has somebody who's performing some work while we look to replace them. And by the way, when we do replace them, if they haven't found a job, they stay with us mm -hmm. until they find a place to go to. So it just feels like more humane to me. It's not about you provide service for currency. And once we don't want your services anymore, goodbye. <laughs> You're dead right. to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't feel well, humane to me. Right. And, and on top of all of what you just said too, I mean, just look at the, the impact that, that it has on the company's reputation. Now the employees can badmouth the company to their friends and family. And, you know, maybe now with social media, so easily accessible, they could just put, put a post on Facebook That's about right. how horrible this employer was to them. 
And so that could have a negative impact on company's reputation and even their yeah. yeah. self. Yeah, so right. it's a win-win situation when we treat employees right from you know from the start all the way yeah. to when they leave the company. Um because it, it, there's just so much more um pros and cons that I I think uh yeah. when we're ensuring that we're looking at the employee as a whole. You mentioned That's earlier, true. you know, treating people right by viewing them holistically, the term you use holistic. That's and right. you know, one of the things that I appreciate about the industry that I'm in in human resources is that um and I coach business executives and entrepreneurs through this is you know, you have to look at your employees as a life cycle from, you know, recruiting them, hiring them, training them, developing them, and retaining them. The worst thing that an employer uh, could experience is having their top performer or performers leave the company and work for their competitor. Because what that does is that employee will share insight knowledge about their former employer and be that direct competitor, which could potentially get that business out of um, out of business. And so, um, you know, of course, there's more to be said than just how you treat your people. You have to build, build a culture um, that's sustainable, where people can feel that they belong in an organization, where they can show up fully and authentically. A lot of us are... Um, you know, looking for those components. I mean, you look at the great resignation. Why do people leave? Well, some of the priority and some of the the top reasons is you know bad management, uh, toxic workplaces, um, and people just don't feel like they belong in the organization. They don't, they don't have a sense of belonging, a sense of fulfillment. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of fulfillment, what's your definition of fulfillment? Mm. Well. Well, for, for starters, I would say it's different for each person. So I guess I don't, I don't know that my definition necessarily matters. That said, that said, my sense of fulfillment is a sort of a, a bit of non-striving. So when I think about fulfillment, and the reason I pause there for a moment is because there's a sense to me just in that word that I need to get somewhere to be fulfilled. But if we can find fulfillment to use that word in each moment, no matter our circumstances, that brings a sense of ease. So if we could keep ourselves focused in what's happening at this moment, right here, right now. So let's say you and I are doing this podcast together. I don't know you well. I had a chat with you the other day. You seem like a great guy. And when we're done here, if I croak, you're my last guy. <laughs> you're my last chat. <laughs> I want to make the most of the case. <laughs> well, it's okay if you it have was. a greater impact in the world. We want to see you, you know, for that's great. Yeah. I appreciate you, <laughs> but it's okay if it was because I I feel that when we could be in the present moment and appreciate what exactly was happening in this moment, you know, that's pretty special. So I don't know if it answers the question about fulfillment, but maybe it's something philosophically people could think about a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I get concerned, you know, when people I'll be fulfilled when my bank account is filled. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll be fulfilled when I get my new car, when I have my big house, or you mm -hmm. know, or or I get my find my my soulmate or you know, et cetera, et cetera. Th those things are those things have a sense of fulfillment, mm -hmm. but they can also be fleeting. 
and they could come in and out. Like you might really like your house and then you might not think about it for a little bit. And all of a sudden you're really grateful for it for a little bit, et cetera. I'm trying to use a material thing, you know, mm-hmm. same thing in relationships. You're really grateful, you know, in a strong relationship. And then you kind of take maybe sometimes our human, our humanness takes over and we, 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 it's not that we don't appreciate it, but maybe we're not in gratitude for it every moment. And so that's where I call, that's where I say there's some there's some fleetingness about it. It could mm-hmm. it could come in and out and in and out. But when we practice appreciation for this moment, the present moment, no matter whether we're with our soulmates mm-hmm. or it, you know it's, it's surrounded by our materialism or or just by ourself, mm-hmm. it's all so special. It's all so special, right. Yeah. Wow. That's a uh, very powerful. Um, I think there's so much that you just mentioned. Uh, the first thing is what I, what I'm hearing from, from you is we have to be living in the present moment to enjoy this life. Right. And well, let me clarify have, that. Right. Let me clarify that. You might not enjoy it mm-hmm. and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Because we we have enjoyment, we have things in our life that we have enjoyed. We have we have hardships. Mm-hmm. It's part of life, mm-hmm. you know. And we all know that. Mm-hmm. We like the stuff that gives us enjoyment because it it feels better. <laughs> you know? right. And so that that's why we we kind of hold on to it. And and when we have things that are challenges, that's why it's so annoying mm-hmm. because we know what an enjoyment feels like, and we're, we want to go over to enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And so we try to push away these challenges or try to overcome them or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of realizing it's just stuff that's happening to us. Right. And so when we can just appreciate whatever's happening to us and be with it, just, just be with it. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing to do, nothing to solve. You know, can find some quiet time. We, we recommend in our program to find 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes a day to sit in silence, just be still. You can sit in a chair or whatever you want to do and just be bored. Mm-hmm. Be with your thoughts mm-hmm. and they can be challenging. That, that's a challenging exercise for many people to do. And I get it. Here's a great quote by Anne Lamont. She says, she's an author. She says, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. I try to never go there alone. Mm-hmm. And I think most people can relate to why when you sit in silence by yourself, it can be so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It feels in our society, it feels like you're not, accomplishing something you have a million things on your to-do list you know and you're sitting there like i could be doing this i could be doing that or i could be doing anything other than this seems better (laughs) you know but it's giving yourself the opportunity to settle and when you give yourself the opportunity to settle you feel kind of you you begin to feel a sense of ease again no matter what's happening in your life again the challenges and the things that are enjoyable it's kind of like a, a jar of sand you probably know this one you know if you have a jar of sand has water in it you shake it up and the sand's all swirling around and that's like your mind is that's your mind and it's also the energy of your body and when you set it down for a little bit it settles and that's like your mind and that's the energy in your body. You allow your body to settle. You allow your mind to settle. And it's different than sleep because mm-hmm. you're awake and aware. And that's a, that's a big difference. And so you're just with whatever's coming to your mind and you allow it to be without judgment. And you're not trying to solve. You're not trying to, to succeed. You're trying to succeed and solve all day long. Give yourself a break for 30 minutes. It's okay. You could take a break. I give you, you know, permission. Some people, I would say <laughs> some people are afraid of their thoughts. How exactly. do you exactly that's the bad neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. How do you that, that, like, how yeah, do you get the them bad, to overcome that? Right. Like how you get to overcome that is you is by uh, is well, first of all, a disclaimer. If you have major traumas that have happened to you in your life, seek professional support, please. Okay. I agree. You know, go to a therapist. 
um, in, 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 in the multitudes of professionals that are out there these days. And, and, and it's so value. And I've, I've been to therapy um, for fifth, over 15 years in my life when I was younger, uh, starting in my 20s to, to overcome the trauma that I had as a child. And so, um, please, you know, it's, it's very worthwhile, but you know, if you've worked, if you've done some work and you, you know, and I, I've done a lot of work and it's still hard to, to sit, I have a daily practice and it's still hard to sit. And it's, you know, sometimes I know when I sit, it's going to come flooding up. <laughs> it's just, gonna, you know, but here's the important, here's a few things to think about. The first is those thoughts that you don't want to see when you're sitting in stillness, they're in you, they're in your mind and they, and your body has a reaction to them all happening without you even realizing it. So your energy is blocking, your energy is blocking. And it's important to let our thoughts arise. And, and the practice of it is if we can go easy on ourselves and not be so, um, not strive so much is just to allow them to be. So, so when those painful thoughts arise, you just think of them like clouds in the sky floating by or like waves in the ocean going back and forth. Just, they're just there. And then you might notice that you're trying to solve something and that's natural. Or you might notice you're having like a huge argument with somebody in your mind as if it's really happening in front of you at that moment, which it's not because you're sitting on a chair or wherever you're sitting just with your thoughts. But this is how vibrant our thought process is. And then if you can just practice in, and there are many ways to do this, but I'll just share one that I'm aware of and that I utilize, which is coming and focusing on your breath and just the in and out of your breath and just focusing on that. And that grounds you, that grounds you. And it might only be for two seconds until your mind goes off again. But when, and when you notice that happening again, you just come back to your breath and allow that to ground you. Just focus on the path of your breath. And again, mm -hmm. you wander. And I mean, we're all, we're all wired the same way. So it happens to all of us, the same thing. And when you do this on a regular basis, when you're disciplined about it, you begin to understand kind of the process and you understand what's going to happen and what you need to do. And so you release in a sense, you release, you let it go. And this is an important process for us humans. We need to allow these things to go. And when you're done with your 30 minutes or however long, then you can go back and start solving if that's how you feel you know, go grab your notepad or your computer or whatever you need to do or call somebody, whatever it is. And, you know, you could get back into your regular, you know, striving world whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or when your ego's getting in the way, all the things that could go down a million paths with this. But just give yourself that 30 minutes or however long to settle and just settle. And, and if you listen to this, if you want to rewind it and kind of, think it through, um, you know, the process of sitting there and focusing on your breath and letting your thoughts be, you know, you could practice that. And that's, that's really a mindfulness meditation technique. Yeah, that's, that's all very beneficial. And I believe in the benefits of mindful meditation. Um, there's, there's a sense of, you know, confidence and, and power that comes out of uh, sitting with your thoughts because you have chance a chance to reflect on your current state. And just for me, it would be lived experiences I've been through and how I can improve on 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 myself, right? But there's also another opportunity to really get connected with yourself. Um you know, I've worked with some of the world's top leadership development uh, consultants because of my work at Corn Ferry. And, you know, uh, one of the major consultants says leadership is, uh, is a, you know, you're leading from the inside out. And in order to be an effective leader, you have to start from within, meaning you have to be comfortable sitting with your own thoughts. And there's this, you know, 
famous quote by the great William Shakespeare's, you know, there's no such thing as good or bad thinking, you know, or good or bad thoughts is thinking makes it so. And <laughs> I love that because your mind is such a, 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 a unlimited tool. I mean, it could take you to whichever thought you want. And we do, we have control over our thoughts. Our power reside within, you know, how we direct it. But some people don't understand that. They, they think that, uh, you know, their thoughts are thoughts that came from their lived experiences and that's just it. So there isn't an opportunity to, to you know, to uh, direct your thoughts elsewhere. Um, mm -hmm. What's your take on growth mindset and how that helps entre entrepreneurs succeed? Well, if your growth mindset is around improving yourself, which I think that's what you're asking me, I think there's that's what you're here for. Mm -hmm. So I don't care what your widget is. I'm sure your widget selling the or is saving the world, and that's fantabulous. Please keep. <laughs> doing your widgets, but, you know, work on yourself and it's a life's journey. Don't ever lose that thirst for trying to understand. It's mm. such a gift. And, be, and because I, what I've learned from those uh, around me, those that have had the good fortune to spend some time with, no matter their age, is that when they're continually having a growth mindset, they're continually tapping into new things that they could have never imagined. So I, I think you you will, um, I'm sure you have in your listeners have, you know, heard people allude to this. And it's almost as if those that gain more and more wisdom begin to understand that they don't understand anything. <laughs> and that's actually quite beautiful. You know, those that seem to understand it all. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's got it figured out. I, I haven't met anyone yet. <laughs> what what is what does it mean to be fig have it figured out? Right. That that in, it, in itself we could do an hour or two just on that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like I could I could think of so many ways that we can take that. I mean, you know, I mean for me, you know, the best leaders that I've worked with and and seen. Are are those that have um they're they're considered lifelong learners, right? They don't have things figured out. They look like they have things figured out, but they'll be the first to admit that they don't, because they're always on this continual journey of learning and acquiring, expanding themselves and evolving yeah. themselves, right? Yeah. I would be afraid to say that I'm the guy that has things figured out because that is when, you know internally and spiritually, I stopped growing. And tying back to our earlier point about fulfillment, I think, you know, in order to achieve fulfillment for me, I would have to continue growing, to continue challenging myself. You know, there's all saying, um, you know, it, it's not the de destination that counts, it's a journey along the way. And it's so true. It's, it is about, to your point earlier, you know, appreciating the, the the present moment and being stilled with our mind and knowing that all this is part of the journey and there's beauty in it. And so um, it just gives me chills just thinking about it, just saying that. <laughs> because it really ties into the work I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get it out about purpose, which is, that we have to continue evolve, evolving. We have to continue learning. We have to uh, find ways to add value to not just things in our own lives, but also to people's lives. Um, we have to make an impact in the world. That is the, the true existence. That's why we are here on this earth is to make a difference in people's lives so that we can achieve fulfillment, so that we can achieve uh, a life of, of, of satisfaction and happiness and, 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 and 
whatever your heart desires. Mm-hmm. I, I've engaged conversations with, you know, many business owners who, you know, by their definition, they think um, they've accomplished a level of success. But really, when it comes to fulfillment, it's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. So then it gives them a different perspective. And now they're beginning to reassess themselves. Am I truly happy? Like, is this really what success is? And, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, their answer is no. Because what they've realized through the conversation is, well, I've worked so hard not to be still to keep thriving, to achieve, um, you know, success and be on top of the mountain, only to realize as I look over, holy cow, I was actually climbing the wrong mountain. The one that I want to climb is on the other side. <laughs> not That's to, right. Not I have to climb all the way down and, you know, start from square one. And so the purpose of the show is really to inspire people to, you know, live out their authentic selves and the best version of themselves and really get them the the, the mindset um, and in knowledge to engage in these conversations um, so that it could be a value to them as they climb the right mountain, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the one that they're not supposed to. That's right. That's so beautiful. Well said. Yeah. So, um, what's, what's your definition of success? (laughs) Well, again, I'm going to leave you short on this one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I really don't know. I think, I think that if, if I could show up and be, um, a, 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 uh, positive human being, to know to anyone that I interact with each and every day, mm-hmm. um, that feels like a good day to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of it just doesn't matter, you know. To your point about the the mountain, you know, it's like, especially here in America, which I love America. Don't get me wrong at all, please. I mean, I'm all I'm all about capitalists, okay, mm-hmm. and. Um, capitalist society and you know but what what we've done is is we've driven success you know to to it's become an expectation in so many parts of our um of our society so that mountain you reference it's like everybody in society is like climb this one right here this is the mountain you should be climbing climb it and everyone's like oh okay i guess everyone's telling me to climb that mountain so i guess i ought to climb that mountain and it's like there's so many people and so much noise you can't even see what other mountains are out there because Mm -hmm. you're being you know shepherded in a certain direction and to your point so many you know spend decades or maybe lifetimes and they're up they finally get up there and they're like what the heck is this all about Mm -hmm. oh my gosh what are those over there you know i'm curious about those and to your point now i gotta go down i gotta get through all those people and somehow get over there that's a lot of work i might just stay (laughs) up here and you know be have a somewhat you know what and, and maybe maybe not have that growth mindset, you know, not move towards that growth mindset that you mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I think if in 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 a business sense, you know, I think if and it's happening more, which is really nice to see. You know, I think I think if business people could enter into um, into this type of career with a conscious leadership or a conscious visionary mindset from the get-go um it'll it'll be of service to the world Mm -hmm. and it really truly and i i I really believe i'm not being idealistic when i say this if businesses were there serving all peoples including employees Mm -hmm. uh, and serving them in a conscious way we would have a very a, a much happier society. And you and I know there's many unhappy people in their jobs. Mm-hmm. Could be the 
you know, the person who services your internet or something and they come and you just can feel their energy. Like they're, mm. they're just getting a paycheck and they can't wait to get home, mm. you know, yet you spend so much time doing it. All stuff we already know. I mean, I don't need to go through all that, but that's, I don't know if that's a life well lived really. It doesn't mm. need to be that way, but leadership can make it that way. And they can also choose to to make it a different way. And and what's nice is is you know we see we we learn a lot often mostly by example. And the more companies we see like that, um, you know, the more we'll be able to model it. The more new new entrepreneurs, new leaders coming in, to, whether a corporate or whatever, and they see the model and they say that that's the way it ought to be done. That mm -hmm. makes sense. You know, when I was coming up, when I was young and I was in my 20s starting my business and I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and um, it's auto. And back then it was employer versus employee, mm. you know, and it was very split, you know, leaders versus white collar versus blue collar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's shouting matches and arguments all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, where's the collaboration? You know, how does somebody go home, you know, after something like that and feel good about what they're doing, making cars, whatever they're doing? I think those cultures have changed, which is nice to see mm -hmm. um, evolved. And uh, so, yeah, I think I think as business leaders, we have a real opportunity if 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 we work on being conscious about it. Mm -hmm. Right, and again, it starts from the inside. You have to have does. done the do. work and be in a conscious state and be mindful yeah. and intentional about your, um, the the company you're trying to build and the, yeah. the 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 culture and the people you're wanting to attract to your business. All of that's important. That's right. Um, I I know we're about that time. It, it the, this conversation seems so short for me, but uh. Um, I, I want to just ask you just a few more questions before, uh, uh, we end this episode, but, uh, the next question here is, um, what inspires you to do the work you're doing? What inspires me? I think that when, when any of us are doing something that you might not put the word work to it. I think that says something. And so in my career, when I've noticed it's work, it's probably not that inspiring. When I notice it's just something I'm doing and I'm flowing, then that's probably something that's inspiring me. Yeah. Yeah, because it's sounds like it feels natural to you and you don't feel like there's a pressure there's some sort of challenge in doing the work because you enjoy it it, it comes in natural. Right. sounds like it it's just yeah just you you've you've experienced it and i'm sure your listeners as well sometimes you're just doing something it could be a sport right it's hard it's hard work you know you got to practice this that the other but it's fun. You're not even think about, you know, you know, you might go, wow, that was hard work, but it felt good. Right. You know? So. That's amazing. Um, Would you say that that ties into your purpose or that is your purpose? Well, purpose is interesting. You know, I, I, I have a hard time with purpose in terms of the expectations that we've placed on, especially uh, a younger generation now find your purpose. You have to find your purpose. Everyone's running around. I need to find my purpose. Where's my purpose. And I'm just like, I want to say, just like, take the pressure off, allow life to unfold in front of you. Mm -hmm. Do the things that you think make sense in the present moment and see how life unfolds. See what experiences that you find yourself in. Some of them you'll like very much and others you won't. And you'll wake up in two years or 20 years and you'll all of a sudden be doing purposeful work, but you never had to define it. Mm -hmm. You never had to say to yourself, my purpose is, and we all have the same purpose, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's every single human being is to treat each other with compassion. Mm. 
And it's a very simple thing to say, but it's hard for us to do as humans because our minds are so complex. But if you really broke it down, if we all did that, the world would be a different place. It'd just be more peaceful. It just would be if every decision was made with compassion. So it's really not that hard, but it is pretty hard actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, whew, that, that was, uh, that was a lot to take in, in a good way, of course. Um, I, I love that. Um, yeah, this, I mean, of course, you know, one of the other things about this show is really just get people to talk about the concept of purpose. You know, they don't have things to figure out. They don't need to have things to figure out. But just to have these as daily conversations, it doesn't have to be all encompasses. It doesn't have to be all encompassing. It doesn't have to be uh, grand. It, it, it's just these talks that they can have with their yeah. friends and family um to get some meaningful conversations flowing through their lives mm -hmm. and so that's really one of the inspiration of, of this show um well of course rob we're about that time um do you have any last thoughts uh you'd like to share with my listeners and also if people choose to connect with you where can they find you well i don't know if i have any real wisdom to share with anybody as a closing thought other than to just express my extreme gratitude to you for reaching out and, um, and connecting with me and, and inviting me on your podcast. Um, and uh, it's meant the world to me to, to get to know you a bit and uh, have a connection with you. So I appreciate you for that. Thank and uh, as far as getting a hold of me and any of the work, uh, the10disciplines.com is probably the best place and you can you know hit you can connect in all the ways possible once you're there everybody's technically uh, adept in those ways these days so you'll figure it out from there <laughs> <laughs> rob thank you so much for your time thank you Colin. appreciate uh your your gratitude and um folks if you enjoyed this episode and uh, want to connect with Rob, please do so. You know where to find him. Uh, and please reference um, where you discovered him. Until then, folks, um, have a pleasant day and your weekend ahead. Thank you. All right. Let's see here. I'm going to edit it, but uh, there's a pause button here. I can't seem to...